1: Welcome in. Stoppage time. I'm flying solo for just a bit. Mike Conti will join us here in just a few minutes. Busy day over at the radio station, as it always is when you're the man in charge like Mike Conti. I'm just chilling. I wish. It's a lot of stuff going on. It's match week. Atlanta United hosting San Jose on Saturday. It feels like all the anticipation and all the action is just ramping up right now as we get ready for this. I hope you guys had a chance to check out Monday night's Atlanta soccer tonight. Some really good insight from Ted Ramey, the play-by-play voice of the Quakes, on kind of what to expect on their end. And I think both teams have a lot of similarities coming into this opener. Both teams, and maybe a little bit different because Atlanta United's attack isn't fully formed as of yet. They're going to have to build some chemistry on the fly this year. But you look at the front four, for Atlanta United on paper, you're very excited. You look for the front four for San Jose on paper, you're very excited. That's a really good front four with a Bobasi up top coming off of 17 goals with either Cade Cowell or Benji Kakanovic as the left winger. I think combined they had double-digit goals last season. And there he is. What's up, Mike? Hello.
2: Sorry about that.
1: No, all good. All good. I'm just rambling about the, uh, the front fours for both of these teams being really good. And maybe some defensive issues for both teams between Atlanta and San Jose. Um, it's an interesting opener because, one, we haven't seen San Jose in a while. It's been since 2019. But every time we've seen the quakes, it has been absolute
2: liquid chaos. So you've had them three times. I've had them twice. Mm-hmm. And forgive me, by the way, pollen is killing me right now. So that's why <laughs> right I sound a little there with you. Oh my goodness! I mean, that this is crazy for February. But I'm I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I'm good for Saturday. I'm, I'm maybe going to get the steroid shot. We'll see. I, I got to make sure. Um, no, but but like it's funny. So 2019, that was. Oh, boy. I want to say the game winner in the 90th minute and then an insurance goal in yep. stoppage time. Right. And then San Jose went absolutely ballistic at Chris Penzo. I think the um,
1: Reds were actually before that, if I remember right.
2: Well, Juan, Wando got sent off from the bench, and it was his first ever send-off. Yep. And he Tia deserved Almeida got sent off. Um, yeah, he
1: probably deserved it. I don't know what he probably. said. Wando tweeted what he said. <laughs> and yeah, he, you got to send him yeah. off
2: for what he but, said. But you know, Wando. To to Wando's credit, he actually made the best of it. Then the next game, he showed up in the supporter stand, yes. which I thought was was really cool. Obviously, yeah. 2018. I mean, that, that's one of the most <laughs> really unforgettable matches in Atlanta United history. Best comeback win in club history. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, honestly, like when we look at moments where. I think we knew that 2018 was going to end up the way it did. That was maybe the first hint, like, okay, these guys really have something special. Yeah. Um, so 2017 they have was, always
1: was been, nuts too. 2017, say that again? 2017 was nuts as well with At the, Georgia
2: Tech, right?
1: That Georgia Tech. It was July 4th. It had an early goal for San Jose, and then. Atlanta took the lead, and Wondolowski, like, scored almost off the kickoff going the other way. Kyle Rainish started for Atlanta. Um, I think that's the game where Joseph almost burned his hair.
2: Uh, just, <laughs> right. it,
1: it was nuts. I remember, like, to the that game was so nuts that I was living on the south side at that time. After Because they had fireworks and everything. So, I mean, it was yeah. a long time after the game. We didn't do a, a full-time report at that point. But I'm driving home, and my phone starts blowing up from back at the studio. Like, people are calling and want to talk about this game. Can, can you come on with us? And I pulled off
2: I remember that
1: the, the, the McDonald's parking lot in Hapeville yep. to talk on air for about 20, 30 minutes. It was
2: crazy. No, you know, honestly, Jason, I kind of remember that as really being a, a big turning point in the way that this radio station covered soccer. Yeah. By the way. By the way, just complete aside, I've been noticing what other teams are now doing in the, in light of the Apple deal. Yep. And I saw Cincinnati made an announcement today. You yep. know, they have a new radio partner, which is awesome. Uh, did you see New England? Yep. Uh, one hour Saturday show about soccer on Sports Hub in Boston, which is one of the top sports stations in yeah. the country really really cool to see that awesome to see uh philadelphia
1: with with good radio coverage this year as well yes
2: yes well what's happening is a lot of the team broadcasters that didn't make the apple cut are being kept on to do radio which i think is really great to see anyhow that's kind of a geeky aside i'm I'm sorry to get us off track no no really cool stuff the atlanta san jose series history to me, Jason, and I don't know if you were making this point before I parachuted in, and forgive me for my lateness, <laughs> good. this match really does scream 4-3 all over it to me right now. Yeah. And, and it, I think it's just a product again. Both sides, I and I, I don't want to anger anyone, I actually think Atlanta might be a teeny bit shakier in the back right now than San Jose, a teeny bit.
1: No, I disagree uh, on that. because, and, and the big reason why is the fullback situation because we know who Atlanta's fullbacks are going to be. It's going to be Gutman and Lennon. We know Robinson's going to play. The The player next to Robinson, Abram yesterday spoke to the media. He hasn't played 90 since October. Um, he's still getting back to fitness. I don't know if he can start. Porata has had a couple of mistakes in preseason. Brad Gazan's still yeah. knocking off. He hasn't played... 90 in a regular season game since last April. Yes. But then you look at at San Jose and Jonathan Mensah has played maybe a half for them in preseason. He came over from Columbus after the injury to Nathan fullback. I don't know who's starting for them. They've got a number of players, but I don't think they've settled on anything yet. Uh, Paul Marie probably starting, but which side we don't know because he's played on both sides in, in preseason. Um, is it Tanner Beeson? Is it Rodriguez next to Mensa? Not 100% sure. And not sure who's in goal either. Because yeah, JT Markowski right. has been the guy, the homegrown for the Quakes. But they signed Daniel from the Brazilian top flight, who you would think, being, a, I believe, a TAM signing, you'd think he'd come in and be the starter. But Marcinkowski started with the first group in their last preseason game against the Red Bulls. So... In terms of just, like, knowing who's going to play, which I think is a big part of the chemistry side, we know four of the five goalkeeper and back line for Atlanta, and we know <laughs>
2: maybe two of the Quakes? Yeah. Well, if you look at it that way, that's fair. Uh, and, and then, you know, you, you would probably rate Atlanta – I just – I don't know. I, I'm still very, very concerned. Now, again, it, it's hard in preseason games. It is very, very hard to judge yeah. because there's so many different variables coming into play. You've got a super rusty goalkeeper who's been knocking that rust off. Um, you know, you have a, one center back who was super rusty who I actually think has played very well in miles. I mean, I, I haven't really – detected any kind of rust or concern in Miles. I think he's been great.
1: In, in the limited um, footage we've seen of him since we didn't see him against Toluca. Yeah, he he's looked fine.
2: I haven't yeah. noticed anything that I've been like, oh. We saw him in Chattanooga. Yeah. Thought he was good there. Yeah, I thought he was really good there. Yeah. Um I thought Perata really struggled against Toluca. I thought Purata...
1: made two big mistakes is yeah. what I come back to. Like overall Maybe maybe struggled as harsh, but he's given up one goal directly against Toluca on a mistake. He he didn't cut the right foot away from Lopez on that first goal for Toluca when he had help to the other side. He's got to force him to the other side. Um, just got lost a little bit, and then maybe give him half credit for one of the goals in Chattanooga where he got caught in no man's land. Positionally, was in a bad spot, and and right. that's and- that's a problem.
2: Yeah, and and look, I maybe it's harsh of me because I, I'm evaluating two halves of soccer, which is all I have seen. Yeah, um, so that, that could be harsh of me. Again, you know the St. Louis. I, I only got an audio recording of that, uh, so I I don't. Really know. I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, well, I. You know why I got it? Yes, um,
1: you've got connections.
2: Yeah, I. I well. <laughs>
1: You've got connections. Uh,
2: uh, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, when it comes to St. Louis, I do have a connection there. So I did. Look, I mean, here, if you want, here's what I know from the St. Louis match based on the audio recording, okay? Atlanta United went up 1-0 on a corner, apparently scored from a seated position by right. Luis Arruju somehow. You?
1: You're scoring goals uh, like that. It's a good preseason for you.
2: Uh, it, the, the way it was described was that his thigh was touching the ground so I'm going to assume he scored it from a, a seated position. Okay. The um, the St. Louis goal was an open play. It was their, um, help me out, Jason, their their DP striker. Um, Klaus? Klaus. Klaus. Uh, it sounds like it may have gone in off Brad. I could then, go a lot of and, different
1: ways, and I know people are going to jump to conclusions on that well, listen, because of it, how it, they've it, done it all year it, or all preseason. Listen.
2: Toluca's goal by Saucedo last Wednesday went in off Westbrook. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it was still a goloso. <laughs> There's Westbrook did get a piece wrong in,
1: it. in that. Yeah, exactly.
2: And then um, the second Atlanta goal, they earned a penalty. Uh, <laughs> they earned a handball penalty and um, Almada converted. So, All I, right. you know, again, I don't like poo-pooing or downplaying penalties because you have to do something to earn it. Yep. Uh, you know, that that is not insignificant. So I, but I think the general theme of what, what we have seen throughout the preseason, what we directly got to see a week ago against Toluca, and then what from what I heard of the St. Louis match is look, six goals in five games for Arruja. Yep. Almada clearly form, clearly dangerous. Yep. Um very, very little has involved Etienne to this point. Yeah, t- um, it sounds
1: like, uh, and I was I initially had heard that he did not play in St. Louis, but Garth Lagerway said that he did play a little bit yesterday. So if he yeah. played, it was very minimal.
2: Yes, correct. But he did um, make the
1: trip. He did get on the field, and Luis Abram played in the second half of that one too, which was good. which was huge. Yeah,
2: which was absolutely huge. But but again, you know. We know Araújo on a tear right now. We know yeah. Almada looks good. We know that they've tried Chol and Jackson Conway at striker. Uh, Chol got hurt in the Toluca match. Yorgo's still waiting on the visa. I don't know if he's going to be available on Saturday or not. I don't know. Miguel Berry is training. I am told. Uh, yeah, he's pl- he's down. trained
1: in preseason with DC. So I mean, he's fit. Like. Yeah. I think he starts on Saturday. I if, agree. I, I think right so. now,
2: I think right now, if it's down to Jackson Conway and Miguel Barry, they're going to go with Barry. Yeah, I, 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 would I agree that. with you. You know, Barry played thirty matches last year between Columbus yeah. and DC. He, you know, he he's he's fine. I have no concerns there. But again, like as you probably stated at the beginning of this, Jason, we know what Atlanta's got going forward. We know what they've got in the attack right now. I think Barry enhances it. I think Yakamakis clearly enhances it when he's ready to go. The concern is just going to be everything behind that. And uh and in a match against San Jose, like th- this is this is very very different than opening at home against a New York Red Bulls or a Philadelphia or even a team that uh you, you know, like a Colorado or a, a Dallas. Um and by the way, this is not the the uh, the Luchi Gonzalez of FC Dallas. I don't think. I, I think with the assemblage of what he's got, you know, remember Luchi Gonzalez brought Dallas in here in 2019, and they had no ambition to play. They got an early goal, and then they they parked.
1: Yeah, that wasn't I, typical for them. I I wouldn't characterize that as a Luchi ball. Um, yeah, no,
2: nor would I. Nor yeah, would I, I, but...
1: I I do think that the San Jose team and, and look, Lucci said this and um, I was telling people if they haven't had a chance to listen to the, the Ted Ramey interview that I, I got a chance to do on Monday, uh, Ted has some great insight on, on the quakes and, and he's kind of wondering himself when it comes to Gonzalez and what they're going to look like exactly what it is, because Lucci has talked about how much he's grown as a coach and how much he's learned from his time as an assistant with the US Men's National Team and that's with Greg Burhalter. Now, Luci Ball and Burhalter not dramatically different. And it's just like Luis Abram said yesterday when when he was asked about system and style, he's like what Gonzalo Pineda is doing and, and what I did with Gabriel Heinze at Velez is really similar. Like y- you have coaches that are a little different but are in the same chapter of the book. Lucci and Burhalter are in the same chapter of the book. But yeah. what has he picked up from that time with Burhalter that you might see more of with San Jose and also with what Lucci has said about San Jose? I mean, the, the number one thing that he said that jumped out to me in, in preseason quotes is talking about the intensity of training at the very beginning. Look, that's a holdover from the Matias Almeida days. That's a holdover yeah. from what Alex Covello continued last year. This is a team that's used to being that way, like always on chasing everything, are they going to press man to man all over the field? No, that's not what Lucci is going to have them do. But are they going to press more than maybe we saw Dallas do in the past? Yes, I think so. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But you look at that front three with Ebobisi, with Espinoza on one side, and either Cade Cowell, who is a, a, a physical freak on the left, or Benji Kakanovic who is very fast and, and really skilled, that front three can press. And early on, as that backline for Atlanta United is building some chemistry, as Brad Gazan is building some, some chemistry, knocking the rust off, yeah, that pressure could cause some turnovers. Flip it to the other side, though, and you talk about San Jose with not knowing who the back line's going to be against an Atlanta front group that has scored goals off the press so far this preseason. And Gonzalo Pineda has said, like, this is what I believe in, in the way that we play. Yeah. So I, it's one of those games that I feel like you could see multiple goals from really good attacking play and multiple goals from pressure creating turnovers. Like, it, mm-hmm. I'm saying look at the over is, is what I'm saying
2: right now. <laughs> Chaos. But again, you would expect nothing less in in an Atlanta San Jose match. They've all been chaotic. So I'm excited for it. I I think um I I think it it, look it's gonna be very, very easy to jump to conclusions, form (laughs) narratives, all of that. Um guys, do you
1: think narratives will start when the lineup is announced?
2: Yes, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, no, you know it will. But,
1: I think there will be some floating on the bird app uh, at six thirty nine.
2: Even if Yakimaka's got his visa today, I don't see any possibility he can play this weekend.
1: I completely disagree. Really? I, I think if he gets his work visa, I think he starts.
2: Really? I I think you he think he's fit to start.
1: Yeah, I think he's fit. I don't think he finishes. Um, but I think he's fit enough to start and get you into the second half and knowing that you have Miguel Berry to kind of trade off, it might be it might be 45-45, it might be, you know, 55-35, it, it might be 60-30. But yeah, okay. I I I think if he's ready to go, it's going to be hard to not play him in this first one.
2: All right. All right. Well, fair enough. I mean, I I think what I'm saying is Maybe there's a, a good possibility, if not likelihood, that Yakimakis does not play.
1: That definitely there's a possibility just because okay. we don't know on the paperwork.
2: So if Yakimakis does not play, if Etienne is unable to start or even Which unable to play. Yeah. Um it we know Sosa obviously ineligible to play. Yep. You're talking about three big parts of your spine right now being but maybe not at the end being a spine okay. but but an important player you're talking about three very very key elements of this team being unable to play straight away yep i don't think you can make a full evaluation until you see a full first choice 11 and i don't know when we're going to be able to see that I mean, it's at least, at the very least, in a good situation, going to be the Charlotte match. It might be later than that. right? So, you know, look, every match counts. You know, a match February 25th counts the same as one in October. I get it. I don't want to downplay any of that. But I, I do think... This is not going to be a situation this year where Atlanta United is going to be able to hit the ground running and be exactly where they want to be at the start of the season. I do think it's going to take some time.
1: I think the way they play, it's going to take some time to grow. I think the results could have them where they want to be in the first part of the season, but they're going to have to do it in some different ways. I think the pressure becomes... You know, a little bit more of a priority early on. That might be a little bit of how they they get past building chemistry early, especially in that attack where you've only had two of the four playing in preseason. Um, I think you're going to have some mistakes early on as you just build that chemistry. You're right. You're not going to have Sosa until game three. You know, I don't think Etienne's going to be able to start in game one. I, you, you have no idea for game two. We have no idea on Yakimakis. Um, Abram, we don't know. I don't think he starts this weekend, but... Crazier things have happened. So, you know, you, you look at four starters that I think are starters for this team. I, I've wondered about Abram versus Porrata, but right mm-hmm. now, based off what I know of Abram, and I might be skipping over his year last year with Cruz Azul a little bit, he wasn't great. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. I thought he was great at Vela Sarsfield. And I, I do think that the style of play is going to be similar. So I hope that he gets back to that. If he does, I think he starts over Porrata. With what we've seen of Porrata and at his best last year, I think he's very solid. I think you can go to three center backs to close games out very easily. I think he's going to rotate because you're going to manage Robinson's minutes, especially early. You're going to be smart about that. You're going to have to manage everybody's minutes because it could be a very long season, a number of games with leagues cup with open cup with everything. Yeah. So Porata is going to play plenty, but I think your first choice lineup right now might have Abram in it. It will have Sosa in it. It will have Etienne in it. It will have Yakumakis in it, but you're not going to have that from the start. So it's going to take a little bit of time to grow and coalesce. And, that's just the reality. Can you still get results during that time? Yeah, you absolutely can. Yeah, and other teams sure. are in the situation just as just the same. So you have to play every game in that ninety minutes with what it is. But this team will be better in the summer before the transfer window. That's not a transfer window comment. That's just they'll be better in the summer than they yeah. are now because they'll grow as a unit and they'll build chemistry. Um, let's grab some questions before we go. Uh, we I can stay like maybe an extra five minutes or so. So yeah. You know, we'll try I'm to good. get about 10 minutes of questions.
0: Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Yeah, why don't we uh, – I'll scroll back up. Excuse me. You started early, so I am I can only start with Ricky Ricardo at two. That's fine. I,
1: yeah, I was only a couple minutes into it, so okay. you didn't miss much.
2: So Ricky wants to know, I think we may have covered this, but if not, since Barry trained with the team yesterday, is he going to start if Yakimakis is not available? yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think right now it's a decision between Barry and Conway. I don't know if Conway has done enough up to this point, not discounting what he could do this week, but up to this point, I don't know if Conway has done enough to win that job.
1: Barry didn't have a great 2022. He had a great second half of 2021. Um, prototype in terms of I think what you'd love to see out of that position and the way that Pineda wants to play big guy. So he's like Yakimakis in that regard, uh, really hard worker, really good in the press. He's going to be better in those moments than Conway is. I think Conway is probably more technical to be perfectly honest. I think Conway doesn't get enough credit for his technique and his technical skill, but in the press Barry's faster. He's going to cover more ground. And as long as he can pick up what Pineda wants of the forward in that press, and he's got the time on the video and he's going to have the sessions to do it as they prepare, I think he'll get that opportunity.
2: Uh, a couple questions about the referee, John Freeman. Um, what do we know about him? Asks Ricky. And then Emilio brings up the playoff game in New York in 21. I Was that Freeman or was that? penzo i thought that was penzo um I, I can't remember back to some of these games <laughs> well, let me look that up really quick um i i don't think that was freeman but freeman I, I remember
1: mostly from usl that's where i've seen him the most um i'm trying to pull up his recent numbers if they've yeah and, them, and, and i don't think they do
2: Freeman did not do the playoff game at NYC. That was Chris Penzo. Okay. Um, Someone in the comments says that he did the Portland and Toronto road matches last year.
1: I'm looking Um, now. He did Portland. um, Two penalties in that one. I think one of them I didn't like, and one of them I I wasn't shocked by. Um, Yeah. It's off the top of my head. The game in Toronto last year. I don't remember really anything from the referee. There's four yellows in that, not a ton. Um, He was fairly regularly booked last year. I I don't have the total in front of me. It looks like he was one of the regulars. And I think that was his first year as a regular. So um, just judging at a, just eyeballing it um, cards are maybe slightly above average maybe slightly did throw four, five. Oh, he's, he's thrown a few reds. He's not afraid of that red card. Um, five, seven reds last year. Mm. Yeah. He's not afraid of the red card. He's not afraid of calling penalties either. Um, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight. ten penalties or so. So he'll make big decisions. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad, we'll find out.
2: Yeah, I, oh boy, I, I'm trying to remember the two penalty shouts in the Portland match. Um, I, I seem to remember there
1: was one that I did not care for.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It wouldn't be a first, uh, but, you yeah. know. Uh, a couple people asking about Apple, saying they're really excited about that. Do we yeah, have confirmation that our radio call will be an option? Yes. Um, as far as I've been told, yes. Yes. For the, for the home games. Yes, for, the for the home games, games. Uh, that will be an option, and it will be in sync. Yep, No work to do on your part nope. at home. Um, it, one thing came out when I was uh, on vacation last week that I was really happy to see. They they found a way to make the Apple broadcast easily accessible for bars and restaurants yep. and hotels. Great move. Yep. Great, they're, great they're move. Through DirecTV,
1: so yep. anybody who... Any bar, restaurant, public place that has the TV commercial package and, and a lot of places do because of Sunday ticket or other sports, you can do the Apple games through that. So, yeah, that that was one thing that needed to get done. It's done. That's going to be easy for people. They did a soft launch on Saturday, which was was interesting because and I think it was smart. They didn't really yeah. hype it up. They did a pregame um they had three broadcasts two of them had home radio uh that had a home radio partner and they did it and i checked it out and it was very easy to fit to get to the audio very easy to do it it sounded good i went out of it went to the other game went back to check to see if the sync got lost nope it's all good um i know there was a report from earlier this week about how they're doing that and that's why they're not doing it on the road Um, And I know people said, well, you guys travel, you you could, you guys could do it on the road. That's not our decision. And and I think because so many teams don't travel all the time that they're not going to go case by case right now on having road audio. Now, hopefully if the reception is what so far I've seen, and this is all anecdotal um people are excited about being able to listen to local radio i think people are going to be hyped up about it it's going to be talked about and if that drives more teams to send people on the road that's a win right there and if because of that they have the option for the people who are on the road to have that wired into the truck and as part of the broadcast that's a win but it's not going to happen this year unless right. there's a big change at some point
2: point. and in the meantime again odyssey app like, yeah, it's we, easy we've been doing it this way for six years. It, it's OK. We we can uh, we can find a way to to push through for 17 matches. One other thing that I'm not sure about is any home matches that would be on Fox or FS1. If um if if that might scramble the audio situation a little bit, too. Shouldn't I, I can't imagine that it would. Again, I'm guessing on this and this is just from from what
1: I've seen with it i'm wondering and we wondered about this we don't really know yet if if fox would have their own commentary that is different from apple in those games because apple will have those games the, right. you can watch it on apple if you don't want to watch it on fox we don't know if it's the same national commentary but if it's on apple i would assume that everything else is the same which should include it but we'll just have to wait and see
2: yeah but hey we'll be with you on saturday we know that we will. Um, Christopher wants to know what we think about the new playoff format.
1: Everybody gets worked up about everything these days. Um, (laughs) any, any announcement that comes out with, within three minutes, there is somebody prominent and then a bunch of people, not prominent yelling and screaming (laughs) about how it's the dumbest thing in the history of dumb things. Um, (laughs) Uh, this is this is why it's not a serious soccer country. This is this is why the, this is why the U.S. can't win a World Cup. Brr. Have you ever looked <laughs> at the Argentine league system? By the way, it changes every year. Right. It's crazy, and they've <laughs> had playoffs, and they've had Apertures and clausuras, and they've had full seasons, and they've they've got thirty teams, and they've promoted four, and they've demoted six, <laughs> and it's insane. Last time I checked, they won the World Cup this year. You know, like, let's stop with the grandstanding of that's a new announcement. That's stupid. Is it what I would have picked? No, it's not. It's not. I would have picked two legs all the way through top eight in each conference. Simple. That's what I would have done. But when you get into the league's data and they survey people and they ask people and they get information from, from ticket holders, from fans, from TV partners, which By the way, TV partners are pretty important when it comes to these things. They get this information. And one thing that I think has become evident is that a lot of people are telling the league that they don't want aggregate scoring over two legs. They want a winner that night. And they want that winner to mean something, whether it's a single game and the winner goes through or it's a best of three. It's, It's about the winning that night. That's a very U.S. thing. OK, that's that's what we're going to go with again. I wouldn't have picked it. I'm glad they're not playing overtime in that, in those series. <laughs> it's going to create drama. It's going to be exciting. And when you have the break with the international break that you have to deal with, I think this is a good way to do it. Because and, and Garth Lagerway talked about this, this yesterday, when you see that schedule. Think about the NBA. Think about the NHL well, during their playoffs. There's a game every night, and it builds, and there's storylines, and you're you're mm-hmm. finishing one game, and you're talking about the next game, and all the national people are excited and going nuts, and it's crazy. You got Each series plays in MLS. They'll play every three, four days, which is normal, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, whatever. But you're going to have a game every night pretty much. You're not going to do it where it's just on the weekend. It's going to be a game every night across the league in that, First round after the play in that's going to go on for two weeks or so after the season up to that international break. The hype is going to be real during all of that. The conversation, the drama, the excitement is going to be absolutely real. Then you have a break. I hate the break where it falls in the playoffs. There's only so much you can do about the international calendar. And then it's the straight knockout after that conference, semifinal, conference, final MLS cup. I think it's going to be okay. Like I said, it's not what I picked, but I'm not going to sit here and stomp my feet and go nuts to try to get people to click on my, my bird app account. Uh, it is yeah. it is what it is. Formats change. Major League Baseball is changing their format all the freaking time. Yeah, And you talk about tradition, wild cards, like multiple, they're all over the place in baseball. And there's going to be more because it's about money and it's about having more interest in the playoffs at that time of the year. So Sorry.
2: I mean, I I remember when baseball went to three divisions and adopted the (gasps) wild card, and yeah, Bob Costas. Oh, yeah, this is a disgrace to the sport, and it ended up that within a year or two, people accepted it.
0: It's just I think
2: anything that the league does to increase the amount of playoff games, hundred percent fans are winners. Yep, we win as fans. So I don't know why that's a negative. You know what I thought was a negative. In 2019, when they abandoned legs in the conference quarterfinals and conference semifinals and went to straight knockouts and actually reduced the amount of playoff games. Yep. Why? Yep. <laughs> Don't do that. I'll tell you no. why,
1: sadly. at and And you can say what you want about Apple. But the reason why is the national TV partners at that time did not support the league in the way that they should have.
2: That's it. that's absolutely right. Frankly, no. they
1: did not. No. And now that's Apple's like, right. give us more playoff games. Okay,
2: here you go. Right, let's go. It, I, I'm with you, Jason. I mean, I think the best format is eight teams per conference, yep. legs for every round, including cup.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: yep. We're not going to get that. I don't mind a, a single game knockout for cup. I'd like to play legs up to it, at least. We're not going to get that. But again, any addition of playoff inventory, I think the fans end up winning. The clubs could certainly win, too, because they could realize revenue if they have home games. Yeah, I'm fine with it.
1: The best of three is interesting. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. It's not what I would have picked, but I'm I'm intrigued. I want to see it. More games is important. And I, I think that part is a win. We'll ultimately see what happens in the playoffs this year to see if it's a win because nobody knows yet.
2: All right. How about one more from Bruno? We'll, we'll get Bruno out on Moss. this. He wants to know if we have any crazy predictions for this season. Um,
1: Crazy predictions. Hmm. I'm trying to think of a, a local one and a national one. Um, let's see. A... Local one, I think that's uh, not even like crazy. Um, I need crazy. Let me think of crazy. Uh, I think that this summer in the Concacaf Gold Cup, I think Andrew Gutman will be called up to the U.S. Men's
2: National Team. Whoa. Okay. How about that? Okay. I don't think that's crazy. Well. It- Never before, be crazy. so it's a little crazy. I can definitely see him playing his way into that. Um, crazy prediction. I'll predict that Noah Cobb ends up starting the second most matches at center back for Atlanta United this year next to Miles Robinson. Wow. I'm it's crazy, right? Yeah. It's I'm crazy. I think he needs games. Yeah. I think he's going to get an opportunity to prove himself. I think he's proven himself in the preseason. I think he's been really, really good. I'm going to say, knock on wood, Miles probably starts 30. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's account for maybe a summer call up somewhere or something like that. Miles gets 30, and then I'll say. Noah gets 20, Parata gets 18, and Abram gets the rest. Assuming 4-3-3 for most yeah. of the season, which happened, yeah, yeah. I would assume that that's their intent.
1: That should be the idea, yeah. Wow, I'd be good with that. I mean, yeah. I think Abram will get second, but I would love it if it's not injury-related, if Cobb gets that opportunity. of course, I, I, of course. Would, I would love that. Um,
2: and lead- my national prediction. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the USA does not win the women's world cup.
1: I don't think that's crazy at all. I, I, they were fortunate to win in 19, to be honest. I thought they were outplayed in the semi by England. Um, the Dutch weren't quite ready to compete at that level in the final. Uh, I don't think the U S is playing great on the women's side right now. Um, they're finding ways to win though. And look, that's what you do in a world cup. But I, I think the level of improvement worldwide has surpassed where the U.S. has been, the head start that the U.S. had. So it's it's going to be the most wide-open Women's World Cup. 19 was, this is going to be by far more wide-open. Um, yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I do not think they win it just because it's so hard to win three in a row and they're not coming in in great form. Right. I think from a, a league perspective, um, my crazy prediction for 2023 is that the coach of the year <laughs> in the league is Luchi Gonzalez okay. I think San Jose has a I think it's going to take them a minute but I think that front four maybe doesn't have the the headlines that some others do they're going to score a boatload of goals. Mensa is going to help them immensely once he gets in, and they've just got to settle on the pieces around it. The midfield is the the sneaky element for the Quakes to me, though, with Grueso yeah. coming back to the league, with Jackson Yule, with uh, Jamiro Montero. You've got essentially three eights who can all sit as a six, but all of them can play as a 10 as well. It's completely interchangeable. And when they get in sync, and I don't think it's going to happen game one. I don't think it's going to happen the first month. But San Jose will be a top four seed in the West. And I think Lucci Gonzalez gets coach of the year.
2: I'll tell you, it's interesting. Here they come on the Twitch pitch now. Uh, um, Chris Christopher Abel predicts Atlanta is top three in the East and makes the conference final. I don't
1: think that's crazy.
2: He, I, well, I,
1: I, I, I thoroughly disagree with some of the, the predictions around well, the league. That'd be crazy to some. I don't think that's crazy. I
2: didn't give you his whole prediction yet, though. Okay. He, he also said the Nashville misses the playoffs. There's people who are
1: saying that. I'm not buying it yet. I'm okay. not. I think they I think they get into the playoffs, but I don't think they're maybe eh, I don't know. They might be about the same as they've been. I, I think they have a high floor, like they don't fall off, but I don't think their ceiling is all that high because they just don't I, have I, that elite attacker to go with Mukhtar.
2: I like this one from Junderscore Smith. He goes, either. Montreal is in first this summer under Lasado, or he is fired. No in between.
1: Jarrett Smith might be drinking early this afternoon. <laughs> is, is my assumption with that one because Montreal is nowhere near first any time this season. Um, and I don't think Aaron Lasado is fired. I think he's he needs time because that team is a shell of what it was before. I think he'll get that time because yeah. I think after the again, woo,
2: reaction
1: to the the stuff in DC. Um, I, I think maybe once you saw the rest of things play out in D.C., you realize that it wasn't all on Ernon Lasada as to why they weren't that great early on. Yes, he's very demanding as a coach. Welcome to coaches. Um, they all pretty much are. Maybe Lasada didn't manage the storylines very well, but he'll be in Montreal and he'll be demanding and they will figure it out over some time. Are they going to be a top team? No. Can they make the playoffs? Maybe. They've still got work to do on the roster. That's why I don't think they're anywhere near first. But I also don't think they hired him expecting to be in first. So I I think he's there going into next year. And I think he ends up getting it pretty decent. You know, I it just depends on how much they're going to invest. That's what it comes down to.
2: Ricky Ricardo predicts Cincinnati top six in the league. I don't think that's crazy at all. I actually think they have a very good chance.
1: I think that. I think. I
2: think that's crazy.
1: Really? Yep. Because I don't think they replicate what they did last year. I think they're okay. a difficult team to beat. Um I don't think Brenner produces like he did. I think Brenner, you know, expected to be gone, he's going to come back. I think he's going to be almost like the Lucho Acosta DC situation after he didn't get to go to PSG and he kind of sulked through 6 months because that's a that's a big change, you know, you're expecting to go. Oh no, that doesn't happen. So I don't think Brenner is as good. I don't think they, as in general, are as good as they were last year. I think they're a playoff team, but I don't think they're a top six in the league.
2: All right. So who do you have winning it all? (sighs) It pains
1: me, but I mean, right now you have to say Philadelphia. Okay. I I don't think LAFC is as good as they were last year. Agreed. Um, It's still very early in terms of who is going to be up there with those two, but Philly was right there last year probably should have won it they didn't and they improved on paper in the off season. now does that translate we're gonna find out it should because that system is so strong in, in what they are I think they're the favorite going into the year
2: yeah uh and then uh who would be your your biggest disappointment mine is Toronto I I, I don't I even
1: think... know why people are, are expecting anything out of Toronto
2: they're not much better than they were last year well exactly but everyone expected all oh, the Italians April Spritzes I like you know Forza Toronto I like <laughs> April Spritzes and I'm Italian but uh didn't didn't do them very much uh, you know at the end of the season obviously They uh,
1: they're better I don't think they're a whole lot better but they're better with Sean Johnson they're better with Matt hedges to a degree i think the hedges one is not as big of an improvement as some are painting it out to be uh their midfield is going to fall apart at some point yeah. i mean you're going to be asking michael bradley who is still a freak of nature at what he's doing right now starting every game playing a ton of minutes he's 35 uh you're not going to ask him to play 3000 minutes and 34 games and victor vasquez you're going to ask him to play close to that and that's two guys over the age of 35 that I'm just not seeing. I think Mark Anthony K has plateaued. Um, they got rid of Noble Okello, which I think is going to hurt them in the long run. They needed that youth. So I, I think Toronto, the wheels fall off in the summer. I'll give you the prediction on Toronto. I think that one of the Italians is not there after the summer window. Yep. How about that?
2: Yep. I'll go with that.
1: I think they get mad
2: and leave. I think it's Bernadeski
1: that's kind of where I'm at too. I think there's a bigger market for him.
2: Okay. Well, uh, there we go. We're on the record. Jason <laughs> says Philadelphia is going to win in it. No, just kidding. It um, pains
1: me, but yes, that's what I would say right now.
2: All right. Well, uh, be sure to join us Saturday, seven o'clock, five stripes countdown, seven 30, the kickoff from the bins. Yes. You can get us on Apple. Just, uh, pick the home radio. Uh, if you decide to stream it, Kevin Egan's doing it on TV. So, you know, if if you, want kevin i want to blame you uh you can pick him he's doing the game on tv with um uh kendra, kendra. right the the yeah. minnesota kendra uh, Albin.
1: great great yeah. commentator kendra's great terrific
2: great. terrific so uh that'll be your option too but then uh, we'll have the um uh full-time report afterwards for one hour and uh, we'll be back here next wednesday 2 p.m on twitch of the 92.9 the game facebook page too. Break it all down. Really pumped. We're here. Didn't feel like it took too long, but we're here. The start of season seven for Atlanta United. Let's go.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,